Moses, you're taking way too much upon yourself. You need to step down. You need to let us come and we can handle this way better than you and your friend Aaron. That's what Korah said. You see, Korah and Moses and Aaron was guiding Israel through the wilderness. Korah came and he stirred a rebellion. He gathered 250 other men from Levi. And you know, see, Korah was a, he was a good man, very charismatic, obviously, very well-spoken, unlike Moses, you know, Moses, not a good speaker, but Korah is a pretty good one. And he comes and he gathers all these people, gets Moses in there, and he says, Moses, you guys take too much upon yourselves. Let us step in. And you see, Moses has got an interesting reply. He falls on his face. Korah comes all puffed up and prideful. Moses' first reaction is not to defend himself. His first reaction is not to make start some debate on who's a better leader. His reaction is to fall on his face. Moses then gets up and he says, Korah, listen, tomorrow, We meet again. You come. Let's meet again. God will show up and he will show who is holy and righteous. Because see, Korah said, Moses, you know, we're holy. We're righteous. This people is holy and righteous. We don't need anything else. What do you guys want to do here? And this was right after Moses gave the command of Zitzit. If you just read in the previous chapter of the tassels, he and see now, Korah, he hears all these instructions around holiness and walking is basically as Yeshua would later walk. And he doesn't like it. He rebels. Who are you, Moses? Who are you, Aaron? And see, the reason why Moses fell on his face is because he was never the one to take that position upon himself. Because God chose him. If you remember correctly, when God initially called Moses, he said, God, let Aaron speak for me. I can't do this. Why me? There's nothing special about me. I'm not a good speaker. I can't do this, God. Go get someone who's better at this thing with people. I'm not a good people, charismatic people person. And God said, Moses, I want you. And I want to submit that this is why. This moment in history is why God chose Moses. Moses never wanted a position. So when he was questioned on his position, he fell on his face because he didn't need to defend because he know he was never the one to take it up upon himself. Like Korah said, God was the one who put it on Moses. You see, Moses then following, he told Korah, you take too much upon yourself, you sons of Levi. You could see he was taking out the speck out of their own eye, which is a thing that often needs to happen with those who are prideful, like the Pharisees in Yeshua's day. He tells them, you know, you're saying that I am putting too much upon myself, me and Aaron. You've got no idea what you're talking about because we weren't the ones who even put ourselves here. It was all along God who's been doing it. Korah, you're the one who are putting too much upon yourself because you're the one exalting yourself. You're the one putting yourself here. 
and you want to come and dominate this fellowship, this congregation, this assembly. You're the one who's putting yourself here. And see, brother, sister, this is an interesting thing because it happens all the time that God chooses someone who's not qualified. He chooses the one who can't speak well, the one who no one wants to really listen to, to be his mouthpiece. Because he, God has never been about pleasing our flesh. It's easy to look upon someone who can speak well. But if it's someone who really can't speak well, will you then listen? If it's someone who's really boring, who's a bad leader in your eyes and from your perspective, will you follow? If you know it's God, you see, that's the thing is God chooses the unqualified. And in the moment of choosing them, he qualifies them. But see, like many of us want to be Moses, many of us want to be Aaron, we, many of us want that position. But I'm telling you, the one who wants it is automatically disqualified from it. Because if you want authority and leadership and all that, you want it for the wrong reason automatically. God chooses the ones who don't want it by nature. He chooses the Moses, He chooses the Noah, He chooses all of those guys who are totally unqualified, drunkards whatever you want to see them as. And he wants to use them. But see, those who exalt themselves like Korah, I mean, Korah was totally qualified in terms of the, our perspective. He's a good speaker. He was from the tribe of Levi, a leader, etc. But from God's perspective, he was the most unqualified person in that assembly because he wanted it. Moses never did. And see, this is why James says, oh, brothers and sisters, I desire, please do not. I don't want you guys to want to be teachers. Because you'll be judged more strictly. And see, this is what Korah did. He exalted himself. and He said, God, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a leader of an assembly of this assembly, your assembly, God. I'll be a much better leader than Moses. And and Korah was probably a pretty nice guy. He was probably very much thought that God was on his side because he came to challenge Moses. And Moses said, well, let's let God decide. And Korah showed up the next day and see when Korah showed up, the following happened. Moses said, by this, you know that Yahweh has sent me to do all these works, that they are not from my own heart. If these die as all men do, or if they are visited as all men are visited, then Yahweh has not sent me. But if Yahweh creates what is unheard of, and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into Sheol, then you shall know that these men have scorned Yahweh. You see, Moses needs to explain this to the assembly because the assembly is with Korah. Many of them, including these at least 250 men, is with Korah. And Korah is really getting some people behind him. And Moses is like, well, guys, let's take a step back and let's let God decide what's going on here. Right. And as Moses was speaking this, there was an earthquake and the earth opened up right beneath their feet. And it swallowed Korah and his and the 250 men all high elders, if you will, and they fall into the depths of the ground and see they die. And it's interesting because these guys, these were leaders, these were elders, these were the Levites and God said, well, goodbye. You see, God was not favoriting them in that. Oh, they were leaders. He was willing to get rid of a much of his own priesthood 
the Levitical priesthood because of their pride issue. Moses then said, the fire holders of these men who sinned against their own lives, let them be made into beaten plates as they are covering for the slaughter place. Because they brought them before Yahweh, they are set apart and let them become a sign to the children of Israel. You see, it's interesting because these fire holders that these guys came with, these these priests, these holders were set apart to God. They were offered, they were given and made for God. So these uh, these 250 men had something valuable that was valuable to God. And but still God got rid of them because of their pride. See, that it tells us that the, if someone has good work, someone can be holy, he can walk in holiness. But if their pride catches up, if there's pride, that all that means absolutely nothing. You see that that fire holder and that fire, that, that fire that represents a sacrifice, that fire that represents a holy, the holiness of God. These men carried it, but they had pride. And so then he says, this is a remembrance to the children of Israel that no stranger who is not of the seed of Aaron should come near to offer incense before Yahweh and not be like Korah and his company, as Yahweh had said to him through Moses. You see, God then says that, hey, if you're not of the seed of Aaron, you can't come with these fireholders and try and offer incense. And if you do, the same is going to happen than what happened to these guys. You see, and there's a picture in here. God is trying to tell us that if you are not called by God to do something in his priesthood, because see, we're all part of the Melchizedek priesthood of Yeshua and we're qualified when we're in Christ. But he calls us each into a certain place. And if he does not call you into a position of leadership like Aaron was, and you try and put yourself there, you'll suffer the same consequences, Korah. If you exalt yourself, you'll suffer the same consequence. But he must be the one that calls you like of the seed of Aaron, which it's not about the bloodline. It's about the call of God on someone's life. It's about God calling a man out of anyone else into a certain role and position, because we know that our roles and callings and positions have been called out to us and proclaimed over us before the foundation of this world was laid. And so that means that we must follow the calling that he has placed in our life, whether how, no matter how the world sees it, whether it's seen as high or low into the, in the world, because we are to humble ourselves and be a servant to all. And you see Moses and Aaron in that they were in this high position from Korah's perspective, but they humbled themselves and they were such servants for God and his people that when Korah came, they fell on their face. That was a demonstration of their servanthood. They weren't there in, in, in trying to be someone or something. They were only there as servants. They were making themselves as least as the most least man that from our perspective of people. When we see someone as least as in a position, maybe not a leader, and that guy is a least, there you can be a leader and make yourself as least as that man by how you serve. Because see, that's the picture of Yeshua. He came as a servant, a leader, a king, a priest, but a servant washing the feet of those who we, from our perspective, would say is even more or least than he is. But he made himself the least of the least of the least because he has the power to do so. We have the power to make ourselves the least by our actions. 
And God calls those as the leaders. And so you see, brothers and sisters, we have seen we see this over and over and over again of fellowships and congregations and on the whatever kind of position or, or, or platform that God gives someone, we become jealous and we want the same. And we say, Father, I want the same platform. We try and work ourselves into that position in that place where we can have influence. What if influence is given to those who don't seek it? Brothers and if I may give you a personal testimony, I never sought to have the role I'm in right now. I remember when I was called into ministry, Father called me the first time, gave me a word through someone else, very clear, where he says, Pete, I'm calling you into a full-time ministry role. When I heard that, my first reaction was, God, no, I don't want this. I want to do something else. I had all these other dreams and aspirations of, of things I want to do, career paths that I want to follow, things that I was studying. And I didn't want to do ministry because I was afraid. I was afraid of that role. I read in James that teachers will be judged more strictly. I'm like, God, I don't want to be a teacher because I don't want to be judged more strictly. Like I'm, I'm already trying to be obedient and I'm the sin, my worst sinner of them all. How can you now? I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the leader. Nevertheless, God said, I don't care what you think. I'm calling you to be. I'm calling you to speak. On my behalf. And see, brothers and sisters, I'm not saying this as a, as, a, as a boasting at all. I'm saying this because it means that I mean nothing in this picture. It's simply the call of God on the life of the individual. And the same for you. If God calls you, where and we're all called to something, all called into different positions, equally important roles. If Whether it's to minister to little children, where Yeshua said, whoever, this, these little kids, they're so important to me that if anyone leads them astray, that one will be least in the kingdom. That one will suffer for it. You see, the kids, ministering to kids, many of us in our modern day would see that as the least. But God sees that's the most important thing to me because I love the kids and they are the next generation. Just as an example. Right after Korah and, and his rebellion fell into the earth, the day thereafter, we read something crazy when Israel does. Israel, the rest that's still alive, all the other men, they rise up again and they say the following. All the congregation of the children of Israel grumbled against Moses and against Aaron the next day saying, You, you killed the people of Yahweh. Arise from amidst this congregation and let me consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. You see, when God said, oh, well, Moses, this is it. This is the end of it. They now are again rebelling against you. They're again undermining the authority that I have placed on you. Get out of my way, Moses. Let me destroy this people. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces. These people who were trying to get rid of them, they were falling on their faces for them. And you know, this is very familiar because in Exodus 32, verse 32, we see the following with the golden calf. We're offered after the golden calf. God is like, Moses, get out of my way. Let me destroy these people. Moses, I can raise a generation from your, from your seed. That, but no, no, Moses is like, no, God, this is your people. Don't destroy them. And he says, he goes as far as he says, God, if you want to destroy these people, you need to blot my name out of your book of life too. You see, it's the same in what Yeshua did. He's on that cross. His father forgive them. They don't know what they do. And see, that's the leaders God.
calls. The leaders that God calls are not the ones who exalt themselves into some position to rule over someone else. But it's the ones who get on their face when God wants to destroy the people because they deserve it. When God, when, when judgment is to be served, righteous judgment, the leader falls on his face. See, Moses could have been like, you know what, God, you're right. And it would have been God's total righteous judgment. But Moses didn't. And he stood in the gap. Similarly, Aaron stood in the gap next. So Moses said to Aaron, take the fire holder and put fire in it from the slaughter place and lay incense on it and go hurry to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from Yahweh. The plague has begun. And Aaron took it as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the assembly and saw the plague had begun among the people. And he laid on the incense and made atonement for the people and stood between the dead and the living. The plague was stopped. And those who died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who died on account of Korah. You see, Moses tells Aaron, go, go grab the fire, grab the incense, go run and stand. The plague has begun amongst the people. And Aaron runs into the assembly with this incense and this burning fire, this fire. And he, and he runs and, and he goes and stands in the middle of that assembly. And as he stands in the middle, that's where the dead and the living are scattered. Where, where the dead is on one side, like a line in the sand with the dead on one side and the living on the other. Aaron's fire brings freedom and grace and mercy to those who survive. And yes, many did die. Many died in their sin because see this plague, this plague that started is a picture of a corrupt leadership, the fruit of corrupt leadership. These people chose Korah to follow Korah to, to say, why have you killed Korah, our leader? Why have you? done all these things and Moses and see that was the root of Korah, that rebellious domineering. We want another leader. That's not the leader that God instituted that rebellion within them and see Aaron grabbing this fire and running into the assembly is the picture of Yeshua when he came with his spirit and his fire and came and ran into our midst. You see, when we were far off and gone and we were struck with the plague, that plague of sin, that rebellion against God, where we say, God, we don't want anything to do with you. We don't like the way you do things. And he, with his spirit, came with fire and he came and he cleansed us. And many of us, not all, not all of the world, sees him and gets healed from the plague of sin. But those who choose the Messiah the fire of Aaron, in other words, they are healed. They are healed of the plague. They are set free from their own sin. And that very plague was the very rebellion in their heart. You see, brothers and sisters, the father draws us into his presence. And that means that we must humble ourselves. We must come and we must rid ourselves from all pride. You see, I've seen the same thing in the midst of my own fellowships, where there are these people who creep in and they try and dominate. They try and rebel against the authority and institution, eldership that God has 
position that that God has raised people and they try and creep in with other teaching or with a domineering spirit or with whatever reason, a, a spirit of contentiousness that comes and tries and overtakes our fellowships, tries and, and creeps in very much like Korah, where in the midst they come and they try and gather some of the people against us. And you see, Korah was part of the Levi priesthood. That was the very priesthood that Aaron was part of. Right. And so that means that Korah was basically coming from the inside to destroy. You see, oftentimes we see people coming from outside inside to cause disruption. But the most the bigger threat is actually those even from the inside leadership, the existing um, maybe a, a body of the church, uh, whatever, whether they're leaders or whether they're simply a, a member or whatever the case is, those people can oftentimes come and gather up against the leadership that God instituted and try and bring it down. And you see, God, Paul said, all authority, Romans 16, all authority is instituted by God. You see, many, many people don't understand that verse because it pertains to all authority, whether you like it or not. Whether that authority is a judgment upon us or that authority is blessing upon us. It's been instituted by God and we must respect all authority that he institutes. And so, brothers and sisters, I want to warn you against Korah. Korah will come and he will come in the midst of truth. He will creep in that spirit of Korah. And in the midst of truth, he will try and lead you astray with a truth, with a lie. But it looks a lot like the truth. It looks a lot like this, the, the, the priesthood of Moses, of Moses. And Aaron. It looks very similar, just a little different. And that it has a root of pride. It has a root of selfishness, a root where that person wants to exalt themselves. The leader, the teacher, the eldership that you want to, 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 to have is the one who is humble and who falls on his face. If you have not seen your elder fall on his face, he's probably not the elder for you. God calls elders and leaders who are humble. He calls no one else to be a leader of his own assembly. In chapter 17 of Numbers, God then tells them to do something really peculiar. He says, Moses, take all these rods and write the names of 12 rods and write the 12 names of Israel on each a rod for each tribe. And then I want you to look at these rods and the one that blossoms, the one I chose to be the leader in this day. And what happens is the rod of, of Aaron blossoms. And it's, it's interesting because it, it actually blossoms with almonds and see interesting like why almonds God like what is it about the almonds you see almonds represent value today if you go into a shop you want to buy an almond it's one of the most expensive nuts there is right similarly in that day almonds were really valuable and so father said Aaron is valuable to me he is a leader of value. And you see, it's not because Aaron was a good man. You, I don't know if you recall, but Aaron was the one who, who made the golden calf at the end of the day. And he proclaimed, let this be a feast unto Yahweh. That very Aaron, God calls valuable. How is that possible? You see, he's not valuable because of his works. He's valuable because God chose Aaron. 
And who are you to take down a position or speak bad about a leader or, or any of that? If God chose the leader, whether you agree with them or not, who are you to speak against them? I'll leave you with that. May God bless you and keep you. Shine his face upon you. Let his countenance upon you and give you grace and shalom. Subscribe to this YouTube channel and like this video. And uh, I'll see you guys in the next video.